Section 5, Volume 3 of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, translated by Richard Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Filippo Joaquin. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 3, Section 5. When it was the one hundred and thirty-fifth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the chamberlain eunuch cried to the old woman, I know neither slave, girl, nor any one else, and none shall enter here without my searching him, according to the king's commands. Then quoth she, feigning to be angry, I thought thee a man of sense and good breeding, but if thou be changed, I will let the princess know of it, and tell her how thou hinderest her slave girl. And she cried out to Taj al-Muluk, saying, Pass on, O damsel. So he passed on into the vestibule, as she bade him, whilst the eunuch was silent and said no more. The prince counted five doors, and entered the sixth, where he found the princess Dunya standing and awaiting him. As soon as she saw him, she knew him and clasped him to her breast, and he clasped her to his bosom. Presently the old woman came in to them, having made a pretext to dismiss the princess's slave girls for fear of disgrace. And the Lady Dunya said to her, Be thou our doorkeeper. So she and Taj al-Muluk abode alone together and cease not kissing and embracing and twining leg with leg till dawn. When day drew near, she left him, and shutting the door upon him, passed into another chamber, where she sat down as was her wont, whilst her slave women came in to her, and she attended to their affairs, and conversed with them. Then she said to them, Go forth from me now, for I wish to amuse myself in privacy. So they withdrew, and she betook herself to Taj al-Muluk, and the old woman brought them food, of which they ate, and returned to Amorous dalliance till dawn. Then the door was locked upon him, as on the day before, and they ceased not to do thus for a whole month. This is how it fared with Taj al-Muluk and the Lady Dunya, but as regards the wazir and Aziz, when they found that the prince had gone to the palace of the king's daughter, and there delayed all the while, they concluded that he would never return from it, and that he was lost forever. And Aziz said to the wazir, O my father, what shall we do? He replied, O my son, this is a difficult matter, and except we return to his sire and tell him, he will blame us, therefore. So they made ready at once, and forthright set out for the green land and the country of the two columns, and sought Sulaiman Shah's capital. And they traversed the valleys night and day, till they went in to the king, and acquainted him with what had befallen his son, and how from the time he entered the princess's palace they had heard no news of him. At this the king was as though the day of doom had dawned for him, and regret was sore upon him, and he proclaimed a holy war throughout his realm. 
after which he sent forth his host without the town, and pitched tents for them, and took up his abode in his pavilion, whilst the levies came from all parts of the kingdom. For the subjects loved him by reason of his great justice and beneficence. Then he marched with an army walling the horizon, and departed in quest of his son. Thus far concerning them, but as regard Taj al-Muluk and the Lady Dunya, the two remained as they were half a year's time, whilst every day they redoubled in mutual affection, and love and longing and passion and desire so pressed upon Taj al-Muluk that at last he opened his mind and said to her, Know, O beloved of my heart and vitals, that the longer I abide with thee, the more love and longing and passion and desire increase in me, for that I have not yet fulfilled the whole of my wish. Asked she, What then wouldst thou have, O light of my eyes and fruit of my vitals, if thou desire aught beside kissing and embracing and entwining of legs with legs? Do what pleaseth thee, for by Allah no partner hath any part in us. But he answered, It is not that I wish. I would fain acquaint thee with my true story. Know then that I am no merchant, nay, I am a king, the son of a king, and my father's name is the supreme king Sulaiman Shah, who sent his wazir ambassador to thy father to demand thee in marriage for me. But when the news came to thee, thou wouldst not consent. Then he told her his past from first to last, nor is there any avail in the twice-told tale. And he added, And now I wish to return to my father, that he may send an ambassador to thy sire, to demand thee in wedlock for me, so we may be at ease. When she heard these words, she joyed with great joy, because it suited with her own wishes, and they passed the night on this understanding. But it so befell by the decree of destiny that sleep overcame them that night, above all nights, and they remained till the sun had risen. Now at this hour King Shariman was sitting on his cushion of estate, with his emirs and grandees before him, when the syndic of the goldsmiths presented himself between his hands, carrying a large box, and he advanced, and opening it in the presence of the king, brought out therefrom a casket of fine work worth a hundred thousand dinners, for that which was therein of precious stones, rubies, and emeralds, beyond the competence of any sovereign on earth to procure. When the king saw this, he marvelled at its beauty, and turning to the chief eunuch, with with whom the old woman had had to do, said to him, O Kafur, take this casket and wend with it to the princess Dunya. The castrato took the casket, and repairing to the apartment of the king's daughter, found the door shut, and the old woman lying asleep on the threshold. Whereupon said he, What, sleeping at this hour? 
when the old woman heard the eunuch's voice, she started from sleep, and was terrified, and said to him, Wait till I fetch the key. Then she went forth and fled for her life. Such was her case. But as regards the epicene, he, seeing her alarm, lifted the door off its hinge pins, and entering, found the Lady Dunya with her arms round the neck of Taj al-Muluk, and both fast asleep. At this sight he was confounded, and was preparing to return to the king, when the princess awoke, and seeing him, was terrified, and changed color, and waxed pale, and said to him, O Kafur, veil thou what Allah hath veiled. But he replied, I cannot conceal aught from the king. And locking the door on them, returned to Shariman, who asked him, Hast thou given the casket to the princess? Answered the eunuch, Take the casket, here it is, for I cannot conceal aught from thee. Know that I found a handsome young man by the side of the princess, and they two asleep in one bed and in mutual embrace. The king commanded them to be brought into the presence, and said to them, What manner of thing is this? And being violently enraged, seized the dagger and was about to strike Taj al-Muluk with it, when the Lady Dunya threw herself upon him and said to her father, Slay me before thou slayest him. The king reviled her and commanded her to be taken back to her chamber. Then he turned to Taj al-Muluk and said to him, Woe to thee! Whence art thou? Who is thy father, and what hath emboldened thee to debauch my daughter? Replied the prince, Know, O king, that if thou put me to death, thou art a lost man, and thou and all in thy dominion will repent the deed. Quoth the king, How so? And quoth Taj al-Muluk, Know that I am the son of King Sulaiman Shah, and ere thou knowest it, he will be upon thee with his horse and foot. When King Shariman heard these words, he would have deferred killing Taj al-Muluk, and would rather have put him in prison, till he should look into the truth of his words. But the wazir said to him, O king of the age, it is my opinion that thou make haste to slay this gallows bird who dares debauch the daughters of kings. So the king cried to the headsman, Strike off his head, for he is a traitor. Accordingly, the herdsman took him and bound him fast and raised his hand to the emirs, signing to consult them, a first and a second signal, thinking thereby to gain time in this matter. But the king cried in anger to him, How long wilt thou consult the others? If thou consult them again, I will strike off thine own head. So the headsman raised his hand till the hair of his armpit showed, and was about to smite his neck. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the one hundred and thirty-sixth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the headsman 
raised his hand to smite off his head, when, behold, loud cries arose, and the folk closed their shops. Whereupon the king said to her headsman, Wait a while, and dispatched one to learn the news. The messenger fared forth, and presently returned and reported. I saw an army like the dashing sea, and its clashing surge, and their horses curveting, till earth trembleth with the tramp, and I know no more of them. When the king heard this, he was confounded, and feared for his realm, lest it should be torn from him. So he turned to his minister and said, Have not any of our army gone forth to meet this army? But ere he had done speaking, his chamberlains entered with messengers from the king who was approaching, and amongst them the wazir who had accompanied Taj al-Muluk. They began by saluting the king, who rose to receive them and bade them draw near, and asked the cause of their coming. Whereupon the minister came forward from amongst them and stood before him and said, Know that he who hath come down upon thy realm is no king like unto the kings of yore and the sultans that went before. And who is he? asked the shariman. And the wazir answered, He is the lord of justice and loyalty, the brute of whose magnanimity the caravans have blazed abroad, the sultan Suleiman Shah, lord of the green land, and the two columns, and the mountains of Ispan. He who loveth justice and equity, and hateth oppression and iniquity. And he saith to thee, that his son is with thee, and in thy city, his son, his heart's very core, and the fruit of his loins. And if he find him in safety, his aim is won, and thou shalt have thanks and praise. But if he have been lost from thy realm, or if aught of evil have befallen him, look thou for ruin and the wasting of thy reign. For this thy city shall become a ward wherein the raven shall croak. Thus have I done my errand to thee, and peace be with thee. Now when King Shariman heard from the messenger these words, his heart was troubled, and he feared for his kingdom. So he cried out for his grandees and ministers, chamberlains and lieutenants. And when they appeared, he said to them, Woe to you! Go down and search for the youth. Now the prince was still under the headsman's hand, but he was changed by the fright he had undergone. Presently the wazir, chancing to glance around, saw the prince on the rug of blood and recognized him. So he arose and threw himself upon him, and so did the other envoys. Then they proceeded to lose his bonds, and they kissed his hands and feet. Whereupon Taj al-Muluk opened his eyes, and recognizing his father's wazir and his friend Aziz, fell down a fainting for excess of delight in them. When King Shariman 
made sure that the coming of this army was indeed because of this youth. He was confounded and feared with great fear. So he went up to Taj al-Muluk, and kissing his head, said to him, O my son, be not wroth with me, neither blame the sinner for his sin, but have compassion on my gray hairs, and waste not my realm. Whereupon Taj al-Muluk drew near unto him, and kissing his hand, replied, No harm shall come to thee, for indeed thou art to me as my father, but look that not befall my beloved, the Lady Dunya. Rejoined the king, O my lord, fear not for her, not but joy shall betide her. And he went on to excuse himself, and made his peace with Suleyman Shah's wazir, to whom he promised much money, if he would conceal from the king what he had seen. Then he bade his chief officers take the prince with them, and repair to the hammam, and clothe him in one of the best of his own suits, and bring him back speedily. So they obeyed his bidding, and bore him to the bath, and clad him in the clothes which King Shariman had set apart for him, and brought him back to the presence chamber. When he entered, the king rose to receive him, and made all his grandees stand in attendance on him. Then Taj al-Muluk sat down to converse with his father's wazir and with Aziz, and he acquainted them with what had befallen him, after which they said to him, During that delay we returned to thy father and gave him to know that thou didst enter the palace of the princess and didst not return therefrom, and thy case seemed doubtful to us. But when thy sire heard of this, he mustered his forces. Then we came to this land, and indeed our coming hath brought to thee relief in extreme case, and to us great joy. Quoth he, Good fortune hath attended your every action, first and last. While this was doing, King Shariman went in to his daughter, Princess Dunya, and found her wailing and weeping for Taj al-Muluk. Moreover, she had taken a sword and fixed the hilt to the ground, and had set the point to the middle of her heart between her breasts. And she bent over the blade, saying, Needs must I slay myself, and not survive my beloved. When her father entered and saw her in this case, he cried out to her, saying, O princess of king's daughters, hold thy hand, and have ruth on thy sire and the folk of thy realm. Then he came up to her, and continued, Let it not be that an ill thing befall thy father for thy sake. And he told her the whole tale, that her lover was the son of King Suleyman Shah, and sought her to wife. And he added, The marriage waiteth only for thy consent. Thereat she smiled, and said, Did I not tell thee that he was a son of the sultan? By Allah, there is no help for it but that I let him crucify thee on a bit of wood worth two pieces of silver. Replied the king, O my daughter, 
have mercy on me. So Allah have mercy on thee. Rejoined she, Up with you, and make haste, and go bring him to me without delay. Quoth the king, On my head and eyes be it. And he left her, and going in hastily to Taj al-Muluk, repeated her words in his ear. So he arose and accompanied the king to the princess, and when she caught sight of her lover, she took hold of him and embraced him in her father's presence, and hung upon him and kissed him, saying, Thou hast desolated me by thine absence. Then she turned to her father and said, Sawest thou ever any that could do hurt to the like of this beautiful being, who is moreover a king, the son of a king, and of the free-born, guarded against ignoble deeds? Thereupon King Shariman went out, shutting the door on them with his own hand. And he returned to the wazir and to the other envoys of Suryaman Shah, and bade them inform their king that his son was in health and gladness, and enjoying all delight of life with his beloved. So they returned to King Suleyman, and acquainted him with this, whereupon King Shariman ordered largesse of money and beavers to the troops of King Suleyman Shah, and when they had conveyed all he had commanded, he bade be brought out an hundred coursers, and a hundred dromedaries, and a hundred white slaves, and a hundred concubines, and a hundred black slaves, and a hundred female slaves, all of which he forwarded to the king as a present. Then he took horse with his grandees and chief officers, and rode out of the city in the direction of the king's camp. As soon as Sultan Suleyman Shah knew of his approach, he rose and advanced many paces to meet him. Now the wazir and Aziz had told him all the tidings, whereat he rejoiced and cried, Praise be to Allah who hath granted the dearest wish of my son. Then King Suleyman took King Shariman in his arms and seated him beside himself on the royal couch, where they conversed a while and had pleasure in each other's conversation. Presently food was set before them, and they ate till they were satisfied, and sweet meats and dried fruits were brought, and they enjoyed their dessert. And after a while came to them Taj al-Muluk, richly dressed and adorned, and when his father saw him, he stood up and embraced him and kissed him, then all who were sitting rose to do him honor. And the two kings seated him between them, and they sat conversing a while, after which quoth King Suleyman Shah to King Shariman, I desire to have the marriage contract between my son and thy daughter drawn up in the presence of witnesses, that the wedding may be made public, even as is the custom of kings. I hear and I obey, quoth King Shariman, and thereon summoned the Kazi and the witnesses, who came and brought out the marriage contract between Taj al-Muluk 
and the Lady Dunya. Then they gave bakshish of money and sweetmeats, and lavished incense and essences. And indeed it was a day of joy and gladness, and all the grandees and soldiers rejoiced therein. Then King Shariman proceeded to Dawr, and keep his daughter. And Taj al-Muluk said to his sire, Of a truth, this young man Aziz is of the generous, and hath done me a notable service, having borne weariness with me. And he hath travelled with me, and hath brought me to my desire. He ceased never to show sufferance with me, and exhort me to patience, till I accomplished my intent. And now he hath abided with us two whole years, and he cut off from his native land. So now I purpose to equip him with merchandise, that he may depart hence with a light heart, for his country is near hand. Replied his father, Right is thy reed. So they made ready an hundred loads of the richest stuffs, and the most costly, and Taj al-Muluk presented them with great store of money to Aziz, and farewelled him, saying, O my brother and my true friend, take these loads and accept them from me, by way of gift and token of affection, and go in peace to thine own country. Aziz accepted the presents, and kissing the ground between the hands of the prince and his father bade them adieu. Moreover, Taj al-Muluk mounted and accompanied him three miles on his homeward way as a proof of amity, after which Aziz conjured him to turn back, saying, By Allah, O my master, were it not for my mother, I never would part from thee. But good my lord, leave me not without news of thee replied Taj al-Muluk, So be it. Then the prince returned to the city, and Aziz journeyed on, till he came to his native town, and he entered it, and ceased not faring, till he went in to his mother, and found that she had built him a monument in the midst of the house, and used to visit it continually. When he entered, he saw her with hair dishevelled, and he spread over the tomb, weeping and repeating these lines. Indeed, I am strong to bear whatever befall, but weak to bear such partings dire mischance. What heart estrangement of the friend can bear? What strength withstand assault of severance? Then sobs burns from her breast, and she recited also these couplets. What's this? I pass by tombs and fondly greet my friends' last homes, but send they no reply, for saith each friend, reply how can I make, when pledged to clay and pond to stones I lie? Earth has consumed my charms, and I forget thy love, for kith and kin poor banished I. While she was thus, behold, Aziz came in to her, and when she saw him, she fell down, fainting for very joy. He sprinkled water on her face, till she revived, 
and rising, took him in her arms, and strained him to her breast, whilst he in like manner embraced her. Then he greeted her, and she greeted him, and she asked the reason of his long absence, whereupon he told her all that had befallen him from first to last, and informed her how Taj al-Muluk had given him an hundred loads of monies and stuffs. At this she rejoiced, and Aziz abode with his mother in his native town, weeping for what mishaps had befallen to him with the daughter of Dilala, the wily one, even her who had castrated him. Such was the case with Aziz, but as regards Taj al-Muluk, he went in unto his beloved, Princess Dunya, and abated her maidenhead. Then King Shariman proceeded to equip his daughter for her journey with her husband and father-in-law, and bade bring them provant and presents and rarities. So they loaded their beasts and set forth, whilst King Shariman escorted them, by way of farewell, three days' journey on their way, till King Shah Suleyman conjured him to return. So he took leave of them and turned back, and Taj al-Muluk and his wife and father fared forwards night and day with their troops, till they drew near their capital. As soon as the news of their coming spread abroad, the folk decorated for them the city. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of section 5 of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 3 Recording by Filippo Joachim